On this episode, On this episode of, Japan of Japan 2.0, you know, a lot of times they take like characters that you would know and they'd make them chibi. And then you'd be like, oh, that's a cute version of, you know, somebody really ugly, Godzilla or something. Hello. Hi. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to a regular scheduled episode with Matt and David here. Yeah. Uh, we got got a cool one. I don't know what the title for this one is. What are we going to call it? I would say Ugly Cute. Ugly you cute. know, Ugly Cute in Japan. Yeah, it's describing us, Matt and David, Ugly Cute. Who's <laughs> ugly and yeah. who's the cute? You have to guess. <laughs> uh we yeah, might, why, we might, be, we we might these... be a little bit of both you know maybe a little blend there why are we talking about these two things together they seem like opposites uh yeah i thought that um you know i was thinking about this and i i was listening to some people talk about dogs and yeah. uh you know do- there's sometimes there's a dog that's pretty ugly but then somebody thinks it's cute even though uh, it's yes. ugly i i don't think this is uh phenomenon that's exclusive to japan i think a lot of people on instagram would agree that ugly cute dogs are are very famous and very popular but um you know i've heard some people in japan i hear you hear a phrase which is uh busakawa which basically means ugly adorable and uh yeah I, I heard a very spirited conversation where they kept saying that and I was like what does that mean you know and and when uh-huh. I, and they were going crazy over this dog so I thought yeah you know what I don't think we've ever we've talked about a lot of subculture some culture stuff but I don't think we ever talked about ugly cute we didn't I think there's a lot of like uh maybe distinctions within the ugly cute world or even different phrases sure. like kimo kawaii was the one I kept coming across which is gross cute which I th- mm-hmm. I'm thinking uh, it's a little bit more extreme, more like actually grotesque. Um, like and, Cabbage Pat or the Garbage Pail Kids. Yeah. And as I was like doing like a little bit of reading for the show, it kind of like dawned on me that, oh yeah, anything in Western culture that we have that's kind of like you mentioned, Cabbage Patch Kids, Furbies, Ren and Stimpy, like uh, Beavis and Butthead, all these things are really popular in Japan. And those, these are like the things that to the untrained... Uh, student out there uh you'd be like why on earth is that popular in japan and i i think uh thinking about it for this episode i've kind of unlocked the answer that yeah anything that falls into this kind of gross cute or ugly cute category like takes off here yeah yeah i think it's really popular um i you see a lot of people with t-shirts or uh you see a lot of new characters just in any like stationary shop there's stickers being sold um there's a really great sticker company. Um, what's the name of that company that does those really cool vinyl stickers? Yeah, B-Side um, Label. B-side thank you, label. B-Side yeah. Label. Uh, and they always have some um, some ugly cute characters yeah, yeah. and ugly cute. Uh, and sometimes it's characters, you know, doing ugly cute in an ugly cute uh, chibi style or something like that. So, I mean, it's, it's not an uncommon uh, aesthetic. 
I'm I'm a big sucker for it. Uh and I never really realized it was like this premeditated thing or, or category, to be honest. I, I just would be like, Oh man, that's funny. I like that. Um when I came out here, or I even again I'm thinking back to like my own childhood the kind of shows that I would like, you know, like Rocco's Modern Life or uh yeah, Remy oh, Stimpy yeah. and you like these things I've always been attracted to and I never really thought like, Oh yeah, this is like this this category. I think it's a, and I found out in Japan, it's a very nineties thing that it came into popularity in the nineties. Um, Western culture too. I think it was bubbling in the late eighties and kind of really bloomed in the nineties. Yeah. Another ex- example is SpongeBob SquarePants, um, which again, you see, <laughs> you see out in Japan quite a bit or rat, rat fink, right? Yeah. They love oh, yeah, rat fink yeah. here. I, to be honest, I didn't really know what rat fink was. I'd seen it around, but I wouldn't be able to name the character until I moved here. And I was like, what on earth i'm seeing rat fink all over the place yeah um, it's, it's especially like connected to car culture and uh like hot rod culture or motorcycle culture you know okay. in diners you see like rat fink yeah you know here in japan i mean even in the states like i mean that's that's all like yeah car culture stuff yeah um but like again i never really all that western stuff that you see out here i never thought like uh anything uniquely japanese about it i can really connected the dots but kind of the first place maybe i'll ask you first like kind of where's where the first time you realized that japan had like an affinity for that kind of cute kawaii culture well i think it would be probably in video games is where i noticed mm. it first you know going back to probably the nes like early uh video games where you have like kind of like the scary scary bad guys that are also kind of cute games like dragon warrior aka dragon quest uh final mm-hmm. fantasy where you you know a lot of times they take like characters that you would know and they'd make them chibi and then yeah. you'd be like oh that's a cute version of you know somebody really ugly godzilla or something and you'd mm-hmm. be like oh okay yeah there's something going on here that y- 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 why is godzilla so cute why is king kong so cute you know why are, you know is this character cute even though you know they should be menacing and ugly that's a good way i guess i always think about it more as like they're taking something cute like an animal and making it ugly um but the other way around to take like a monster and to make it cute sometimes is is also equally as done that's interesting yeah games i never considered it much in games for me the first thing i really noticed it was like actually living here and it would be um either children's art Mm. or like um like art in the style of a child if that makes sense i, I kind of noticed that like a lot of artsy cool places i like that there was like kids art everywhere like and it was a little creepy i think in horror movies and stuff they in the west you know they might use this sometimes like a kid having like a premonition you know like they'll show like their mom and like ah, blood's popping out of the eyes or something you know <laughs> um but i i guess i was always questioning here like is this art done by a child or are these adults doing something in a child's style and I, I think what i often found was yeah it's adults doing things in like children's style but with topics that are taboo for for children you know sexualized or, or violent or just generally looking kind of monster or grotesque um and again this would be at galleries i'd go to or kind of like fa- fashion stores or something i'd just be like this would never fly where I'm from. Like uh, <laughs> at this kind of store, in this kind of scenario, like this is the last thing you you would picture. Um, I started to kind of yeah, realize it was a theme. And then I, I would walk by like uh, elementary schools a lot and they do like no smoking, like uh, campaigns. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, 
oh yeah, that really is like, it's really hard to distinguish between the artist doing it and the kids and the kids drawings here. Maybe I just haven't been around a lot of American kids in a long time, but like, I feel like Japanese kids drawings look different from American kids drawings. Like obviously that's a huge generalization and not all of them, but (laughs) I would say like more times than not, there's a certain aesthetic to kids drawings here. Yeah. They can be intense, right? Like, I feel like, I, yeah, we have had, I've lived near some um, uh, early childhood, you know, nurseries and primary schools and stuff. Yeah. And they do always put the, the children's uh, artwork on display. Yeah, usually yeah. for, like you said, for uh, some sort of like social thing, like littering or saving mm. water or something like that. Yeah. yeah, we had a subway that had like all this kids art. But yeah, some of it was pretty like... like i said intense you know it was somebody littering and then there was like a samurai with a sword behind him and stuff and i (laughs) I go wow (laughs) this this made the cut huh i think kids drawings anywhere are pretty creepy just because like things are especially when they're making humans yeah primarily uh, is what i'm thinking of i guess a lot of things are out of proportion right like the teeth are all big and jacked and the eyes are asymmetrical and so like yeah no matter really where you are but um yeah yeah it's uh it's pretty interesting. I, I think that kind of goes back to like the obsession with youth in Japan, you know, impurity mm-hmm. and stuff that like, uh, there's some obsession with even though you're adult, like, uh, going back to being youth. That's the whole quiet side of things. Um, I mean, have you ever tried to draw like a child? It's not super I easy. I can't say I have, but I think a lot of my drawings you might look at, you might think not a child. <laughs> they might be done like, by a child. Oh, that looks like a maybe 14 year old. <laughs> I never really peeked past uh, my high school career in drawing. But yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. That Yeah, uh, when I mean, there was an exercise when I was doing fine arts in college, and they said, do um, a draw like a child. And mm-hmm. we had like a, a day where we just tried to draw like, you know, children's drawings and stuff. Yeah. And it, it's not easy. Like, you oh. know, you know what a chair looks like. You know how to draw a chair, you know after you've done years and years of drawing and to go back and draw it like how a kid would draw it. It's really, yeah, it's really difficult. That's interesting. Um, at some point I wanted to talk about like kawaii culture and, and scary kawaii, very mm-hmm. similar words. Um, kind of like a part to kind of like isolate them. I think to kind of like under understand it all. You think all right. now's a good time for that or should we do it later? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we start with uh kawaii? Yeah. So cute culture is the obvious one, right? Yeah, I mean, kawaii, everyone knows about that. And I um, was reading up that it came, actually, like the first recorded history of the word kawaii. is isn't that old. It's from the 70s. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, to describe handwriting. It was primarily used to say, like, cutesy handwriting. So, like, having a lot of, I'm, I'm guessing here, uh, like, having a lot of curls, you know, mm. uh, to it. And um, that was, like, the first kind of recorded history. And didn't really pick up until, like, the late late 70s. And that is when Sanrio uh, was forming a company. And I'm blanking out right now, but Matt Alt, his latest book, do you remember the name of it? Oh, um, it is Japan. No, I don't remember the name. But Matt <laughs> yeah. Alt is Look a, Matt a Alt. famous like, like translator and yeah. Uh, yeah, localizer. He localized some He does a lot of books actually about kawaii culture, about yokai uh, but uh, this one, uh, he has a whole chapter on Sanrio. And anyway, I learned a lot about it. And uh, basically, at first, you know, they weren't really going for the whole cute thing. And um, it was really one girl, one female who, who worked there who really rose to kind of stardom within the company. And in a lot of ways, it was 
it's she's kind of a cool figure because a lot of female were in power doing a lot of progressive things at the time um and in some ways she really was progressive in other ways uh the company did kind of hold her down but the point is that she's really the one who came up with uh hello kitty or kitty chan as she's known here mm-hmm. and um she kind of had her finger on the pulse of the subcultures out in tokyo and uh this whole kawaii culture uh she's really kind of like the godmother of it um but yeah so that started in the 70s and uh i don't know just kind of fast forwarding it's something japan's very much known for and if you live here it's shocking how often you hear the word and i'm always like aren't there more synonyms for the word kawaii because like <laughs> I, it tells a lot about the japanese language which, which we won't get into um but yeah i you hear the word kawaii every day every oh day. every every day if you go out and if you see animals and stuff you'll hear kawaii like all the time you know kawaii 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 yeah uh mecha, mecha kawaii here in uh you kansai go. you know that's right so yeah kawaii culture obviously cute um it's definitely an obsession with it here like even guys i don't know i don't hear a, to be honest maybe i'm weird but saying the word cute or saying oh that's cute i probably didn't do it really before i lived in asia like i felt and i'm not a masculine man as matt can see me here in my pink floral shirt but like um i, I just felt i couldn't say it but here the tough you know guys you know motorcycle guys when i'd have my son on the street they would just say, oh he's cool quiet quiet you know like uh <laughs> there's something in japanese culture it's not necessarily effeminate uh it goes both ways like yeah just being cutesy is seen as a very very good thing Um, oh i you know i live in a very industrial place now and i'll go out to like where there's factories like you know with guys doing uh you know heavy lifting and and soldering and stuff and their logo of their character uh, is always like a cute character or like you know a little kirby looking character Mm. and um so i mean there's a lot of like um uh, television uh television stations and um corporations they all have cute mascots and stuff i mean it's yeah. not uncommon you know it's sometimes even biggest bu- cultural differences yeah bureaucracy and government buildings and stuff will have cute characters on them you know every prefect yeah. prefecture has basically a, a, a mascot character that's right that's kind of a big thing i wanted to get into i was gonna do it later but i guess now this is the natural time but like yeah, that that has almost become a competition and is a bit of a competition, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. there's a great YouTube channel, not a really big one, but uh, Katie and Eric, it's called K Y D E. Um, if you're looking it up, and she's just really into these mascots, uh, Katie, and they go to like the competition and document it, and it's where I learned a lot about it. Have you seen that one? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the people that dress in the costumes, yeah. The right, right. Actual mascots, yeah. The actual, yeah, mascots are there, but like the formation of them and stuff. Um, there's yearly competitions, and there's all these categories where there's like winners, and I think it's been monetized quite a lot. Where it's not like just this like funny, silly thing. It in certain cities, um, really small cities, you know, it's a big issue in Japan where all the young people are gone and no one goes there and they have no money and the way that they've been getting people out there is like this mascot following and they'll design, you know, the cutest mascots and, um, people will go out all the way to that prefecture to like, just get pictures with this stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. And maybe you can share stories. Cause I'm sure you have them. Cause I know I do. Have you seen these mascots like out and about just at a subway station ever? 
Uh, not really. No? You know, oh, I'm man. trying to think of like a time where I, I've actually been. I, I've se- right. We've seen a, a, like Pikachu's around. You know, when yeah. they have it doing like a, a Pokemon event. Um, yeah. Eevee and Pikachu seem to be kind of popular, but um, no, I haven't seen a lot of the actual mascots. Maybe it's oh, kind I, of a kid, yeah. and I, I'm going to areas or marketed towards kids or something, but. <laughs> It's hilarious when you see them. Um, they'll just be out, you know, like I said, like at a park one day or a subway station. I, I, I see it like maybe twice per year, I would say, once per year. And um, it's all adults. That's that's the thing that the real shocker is all adults are there to see them or like they're calling like their friends and they'll be like, oh, Melancuma's here, Melancuma's here. And they're like FaceTiming and like freaking out. And they got like all the gear and uh, they always have a handler. Not always, but a lot of times they have a handler. So the mascot person's got like a, you know, a human who's there with them <laughs> and they're like, it's almost like their security, you know, like, uh, part, part the ways. And they are good at like, uh, prioritizing the kids. So like my son would, you know, sometimes be excited and there'd be all these adults like everywhere. It's a bit like, you know, a celebrity's there or something on a small scale, 20, yeah. 30, 20, 30 people. But they're, the way they're acting is quite aggressive and, uh, they'll like push away the adults. So like my son could like get a get a photo or something um <laughs> which all oftentimes my son could care less uh but they those kinds of things so anyway those have always been traditionally uh very cutesy characters but uh on the topic they said uh as competition all the cute ideas had been done you know like it was just so hard there's just thousands of cute characters out there um this is in the er- mid 2000s late 2000s that uh the melankuma i think was like the first oh melankuma he's, he's the hokkaido, hokkaido one he's a bear yeah. kuma and he's like his head's in a melon and he's he's very vicious you know looking and he's yeah have you ever seen too. him have you ever seen him eat somebody yeah it's, like he, he has really a big deep. enough mouth that like he, he could bend over and like totally consume it like a he person goes like their, you know? their waist yeah 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 it's you, really you great think you just like get half your head or something right like a little <laughs> thing but he gets all the way in there yeah, that's a great that's a great costume. So he's the best, and I, I, I'm again no we're no experts here, so I could be wrong. But he, he was one of the first, I want to say, and that yeah. started like a whole new trend. And like there's there's a bunch of them now of these uh you know gross gross cute uh mascots. Yeah, so I have like a fa- the- I have a favorite. Okay, yeah, it's who, a base it's here? a baseball team, and mm. it's the Mariner. It's for the Mariners. I don't know where the Mariners are from, Nagoya or someone somewhere like that. But the Mariners is just kind of like a forgettable team, forgettable logo. But their mascot is so great. It's this fish man that comes out. And mm-hmm. uh, at first, it's like this big round fish. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he's just running. And then he stops. And then the bones of the fish just like shoot out of his mouth. And it's like mm-hmm. a guy in like a skeleton, like the skeleton fishbone costume. Wow. But that that character is so, so great. In fact, so he's going to be the he's going to be the picture of the. All right, on the on the podcast because uh, he's he's such a great character. So he's interactive; like he spits out bones. He spits himself out. So he'll be running, and like the big the big costume just like stops, and this guy comes tumbling out, and it's just like the fish bones, and he's this. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely ugly, cute. Is you know? it two two Usakawa. humans? You think? No, no, no. It's like one, one guy. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Wow. That, sometimes, is... sometimes he has like a bunch of different costumes, and sometimes it's a zipper, and he unzips it, and the skeleton guy comes out, and you know, oh. there's yeah, it's a really great mascot. Yeah, and he really, it really fits our 
the definition of uh, Busaka Kawai. Kawa. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else to say about cute culture or mascots? Uh, not much. Uh, the yeah. only thing I would say is that, you know, a lot, oftentimes there's like cute things, but there's also, uh, but they're not afraid to put the cute, cute characters in like desperate situations. Okay. So like uh, if you're watching, I mean, anybody who's seen like a Studio Ghibli movie, this kind of mm. scene, like, you know, they can be really cute and they can be really intense at the same time. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a kind of a, a theme you might see here more often than you would see back home like your your character they put their characters in in interesting places there's an anime and i can't remember the name of it but i saw this uh, a while back it was uh about penguins like mm. all these penguins i guess it's from like the 70s and there's a particular episode or movie of this about these characters that takes place in vietnam and these mm. cute penguins i mean they look like sanrio characters they look like hello kitty kind of characters mm-hmm. and there's machine guns and like helicopters and wow. like all this and really really intense imagery and it's mm. just kind of telling like this intense story about like nam you know like these penguins going to nam or or some you know insurgency you know battle and um it's hilarious it's hilarious but it's not played particularly for laughs it's really intense so it, sometimes, like, even though your characters might be cute, it doesn't mean that they can't be used in, like, to tell stories and to um, still be, yeah, just, like, uh, yeah, in, in, in intense things, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Have you ever seen this before? Yeah, I guess now that you mention it, like, I never really thought thought about it, that it was, like, a thing or that happened here, but... I kind of know what you're you're saying. Mm-hmm. I have to keep keep my eye on it more. Um, yeah, I just want to talk a little bit about like Kawhi culture, isolated to scary scary culture. And yes, I think the thing most people probably think of. I mean, modernly, yes, Japan is was famous for like The Grudge and The Ring and the hor- some horror movies, right? But I think there's a deep deeper history there. Um, for me, I definitely think back to, I'm not like a real yokai expert or anything like that. I, I think that'd probably be the furthest back. Uh, I, li- I like yokai. I think they're cool. Um, do you think some yokai are, are cute? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like... there's a whole bunch of cute yokai. I mean, don't, don't you think um, Kappa can be cute? Yeah, Kappa is one of the first ones to pop in. I mean, the story of the Kappa is really scary, though. But, I don't um... like the lady with the snake neck. Yeah. No. You know, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you mentioned Dragon Quest earlier, and I think like the Dragon Quest monsters, right, are probably definitely mm. inspired by um, the yokai, and a lot, you know, they're definitely cute, gross. A lot of them. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, like the I like the lantern that has the eyeball. That one's yep. cute too. Yeah, <laughs> that, that one. <laughs> there's there's many, um, but I think the ukiyo-e are like the woodblock paintings. A lot of them are like they're kind of sexual, and I think there's like that famous, you know, the octopus stuff. But it really does go back to like uh, the the history. Um, I think those, in terms of like just kind of scary or, or creepy images, um, were some of the some of the first, you know. And I think mm-hmm. there's a famous, you know, the skeleton one. He's like a big kind of grim reaper skeleton, and um, 
there's a certain even in those scary images there's a certain like aesthetic beauty there you know i wouldn't say cute but there's a certain like balance of the dark and, and light which i think the whole quiet cute thing has well it's very cartoony right mm. like his eyes that that skeleton the one that you're talking about the eyes are kind of bulging and and uh yeah there's a cartoony quality to all of these that i think it, it just hasn't gone away you know, I think a manga, you know, they always say that manga owes a lot to the uh, the Woodbot prints. Yeah. And uh, that was kind of like the origins of comics in Japan. Mm. And um, I mean, that's such a deep, deeply rooted culture in itself that, you know, all that yokai, uh, all those yokai prints and stuff mm. definitely influenced like character design and um, imagery going forward. Yeah. So. Have you ever seen, you know, there's this one guy, his name's Shintaro Kago. Um, I, there's like this girl and her like head's exploding and there's like all this stuff coming out. You know, I'm a big fan of it. It's not oh, that yeah, famous, yeah. but I'm just ask, yeah. asking you. Not many people would know that. Um, but Shintaro Kago, maybe a lot of people would know. And he, for me, he's not at all like the most famous. It's just a personal connection there. But there's this whole genre. And I used to see it when I go to Mandrake a lot and I was kind of interested in it. But again, it, it's a little bit like it can become very porny and i think it again goes back to like the ukiyo-e where it's like there's a bit of erotica there but Mm -hmm. um it always just typically kind of had like schoolgirls and like very grotesque situations um there's something about just the something about that to me always struck me i don't know if i necessarily would say i like like it the body horror with the kawaii characters and yeah like there's like like this famous one where there's like a girl like pulling down her eye and like all underneath there is like weird weird stuff going on and yeah, mm. oftentimes it's centered around, around young girls as a lot of manga culture is but there's this definitely like this grotesque kind of genre yeah it, it can go to dark places but there's like a soft kind of version of it that i think was the part i was always kind of slightly interested in something about the aesthetic nature of it i i thought was interesting or i just hadn't seen really in, in other countries before um I think that again was kind of, that was like in the seventies and eighties. I think that was kind of early ish forms of again, the cutesy kind of schoolgirl with these kind of scary things, you know, I think those are kind of like the early, earliest forms of it where it hadn't really formed and become quite a thing yet. Um, but yeah, those are kind of just some of the more scary kind of more real scary things that had a slight bit of the cutesiness to them that I could think of like kind of where this came from. Yeah. But it definitely feels like it's full on right now in 2021. I would say the eight years that we've been living here, like it's it's becoming more and more mainstream. Oh, yeah. I think it's just something that has been a part of the culture for such a long time that, you know, it's it's just it's really rearing its ugly, <laughs> ugly cute <laughs> head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, should we take a break Mecca. right here? Yeah, yeah, let's do a group. Let's do a break. All right, let's do a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll be talking about more uh, Busakawa. <laughs> Busakawa. <laughs> All right. Okay, we're back. Yes, we are. Um, the mecca. We were gonna... The mecca the... of cute kawaii if you want to see cute kawaii in japan guaranteed and find new cute kawaii stuff where are you gonna oh, go oh yeah yeah i mean you gotta go to village vanguard 
Village Vanguard is kind of like their slogan. What is their slogan? It's it's exciting like exciting bookstore. Exciting bookstore, and and that is the truth. And if you want to see some um, ugly, cute stuff, uh, that's the place to go. Um, yeah. uh, originally, you know, the the thing that made me think about this topic was this character series that it's it's like a children book series of these characters called the uh, Kobito, mm-hmm. and they have a book called the Kobito Zuken which is basically like the encyclopedia of these little guys. It, Kobito kind of means dwarf. Mm. And it looks like a the main character, the one that's like most popular, it looks like a peach boy. Yes. And which is, you know, kind of a famous character. Momotaro. Uh, just yep. Momotaro is like a, a famous uh, folktale. But this peach boy is got like the ugliest face. Like the face, it's like he's like wearing a onesie, like a, a peach onesie with a peach head. And the face is like the most Their faces often look like they're human sucking face. as hard as you could suck on a straw. Like, <laughs> like you're trying to get that smoothie through that skinny straw or I guess bubble tea now would be. And like so puckered. So I mean, they make lots of different faces, but that's like one of the classic ones I, I think of. I didn't yeah, know the name they, of these guys, but. So I hope people at home listening maybe know what we're talking about. Yeah, they're like little dwarf dwarf guys, and um, but like those those kind of books are are found at at Village Vanguard. They have like a small kid children's book section, mm. and a lot of those characters are definitely fall into the the category of ugly cute. Yeah, my son lo- loves it. He just he yeah. laughs and thinks it's so hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 think... I love it too though, but. I think another thing that you could find at Village Vanguard uh, is books on, like, a lot of books on poo. Yep. You know, um, there's a bit of an obsession with unko, which is like, yeah, it's poop. It's like poop stuff. The emoji, right? So, like, the thing that I Mm -hmm. think really bridged the gap with Western culture and Asian culture on the whole poop thing was the emoji and, like, the taking off of that keyboard. But, you know, I mean, emoji, right? Japanese word. Like, I see that way more in the West now, like poop on stuff, like just casually. Mm-hmm. I, I, and it's it's literally that one from the Apple keyboard, you know? Yeah. But before Apple put it on its keyboard, that was definitely a thing here. This the spiral uh, kind of ice cream cone shape soft poo thing. Yeah. And it was, it, big it was everywhere. Big mystery <laughs> to us when we got here, you know? Uh, even in Korea, they have a snack. Like in the street, you ever see the street food? It's like a bread shaped like poo. Oh yeah, yeah. Fairly no, I mean it, it seems to be common throughout like pop culture in Japan to have like poo poo on things. Um, I, if you go to like the old, um, like the old the stalls, sometimes malls will have a stall with like all the traditional candy from mm. Japan, and there's always this jelly, and it's like a little poop jelly. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then they'll also have like these um, gachapon with the like the little uh things you could build and mm-hmm. there's the one where you can make like cotton candy and like the little to- in a toilet seat yeah you know so there there's always been this obsession with like a toilet and cute toilet and right. poop, so poop people things. who maybe don't quite know might be thinking like why is the poop obsession cute like what's the cute in that but the way aesthetically it's represented is always very uh i don't know cute <laughs> right like it's, it's shown <laughs> yeah. in a very cute way it's uh simplified and sometimes faces are put on it and yeah it would be like it's it's not a, realistic 
<laughs> yeah, that's always um, the things that where you in a section where you see other cute stuff, and yeah, to me, yeah, I just wouldn't categorize it as that. But here it is. Yeah, you, you could have your candy and all that stuff. Yeah. Another thing that um, is popular are bottoms. You know, oshiri as as uh, you might you might call it in Japanese, and it's basically okay. like uh, butts. And you'll notice that a lot of cute characters in Japan, they often accentuate the butts on them. Uh, a few notable examples would be Crayon Shinchan, which is like, they call him the, the um, Japanese Bart Simpson. Mm. He's basically a cartoon character that does naughty things. Yeah. You know, and, um, and like Bart Simpson, shows his butt all the time. Uh, and uh and then he always does this like butt dance that's really pronounced you know <laughs> and then uh and then there's also um uh uh what was i thinking oh gutentama so like the the newest like sanrio one of or not yeah. the newest i guess he was popular like four or five years ago but um you know some of the newer sanrio characters are kind of fall into this ugly cute you know where they they have like in Gutentama, he's basically like a piece of like he's like a egg, egg. character yeah he's Sad like an egg. egg yolk and he's always yeah lethargic and mm. bored or <laughs> tired and they're always showing like his little egg butt like yeah. <laughs> very pronounced like yeah. if you buy a little gachapon like a character of it you know they have that too yeah there's something about yeah poo and and butts you know seen as cute yeah um the last thing i would point out in regards to the these items is um there are books about animals anuses (laughs) (laughs) and oftentimes if you get like a figurine of an animal they often (laughs) include the the anus yeah have you noticed this correct yes uh no i've not noticed I do believe you. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, it, it, one of my traditions for Christmas is to buy gachapon and put them mm. on the Christmas tree. Mm. And we have a lot of animals, and oftentimes they like cats and dogs. They often put little anus on there when they don't need to. <laughs> well, one of the gachapon that you guys have and you collect around Christmas that I was thinking of that fits in this category are the animals with the overly large jaws. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not anatomically correct, <laughs> unlike yeah. the anus. Shaka rule or something like that, it's called. Okay. It's a, seri- it's a series, yeah. Yeah, typically the lower jaw is very pronounced. <laughs> and uh, it's, I think it's hilarious. Again, I'm a big fan of all this stuff. Um, again, not a deep fan, but I just see it. I just can't help but laugh. Um, but those have been going strong, man. Like, I thought it was oh, yeah. a one and done thing, you know, but uh, five years now, four years now, you can see those still. No, there's whole series. Like every every year it comes out, there's a new series with new animals. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like you funny. said, Village Vanguard is kind of the place we find all this stuff. Yeah, they got the gachapon. They got the books. They got the um, uh, yeah, all the weird characters and the poo. Yeah, curry, curry that comes in a poo bowl. You know, like a toilet, the toilet seat bowl. That's right. Yeah, hey, I said on the very first episode of Japan 2.0 first or second i can't remember but one of the first i gave village vanguard a shout out so it's always coming back to village vanguard love it or hate it it's a very divisive shop i think yeah. in Japan. but 
Yeah, it's um, not a good place to go to right now if you want to do social distancing. <laughs> yeah, that tight in there. Very few, yeah, there's very few with uh, a lot of space. I told you they shut ours down. It's one of the, uh, the Kobe losses shame. of Kobe. So I gotta, that's a, that's I've a real not shame. been in so long, sadly. It's always a, it's a good place, you know, sidebar. You just want to like pop in and see what's going on in Japan. A couple times per year, you're going to find things new there. You know, if you're going every week or something, you might not. Yeah. But, uh, I really miss that kind of having your finger on the pulse an easy way to do it yeah 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 uh yeah i miss i hopefully my village vanguards are still there <laughs> yeah, i imagine they will be well um, they'll, be, they'll be somewhere they're they're popular but yeah. uh yeah Kauai, that's about everything i got on on the topic yeah uh yeah i think busakawa is very interesting subculture mm. you know of cuteness um, we kind of talked about uh, Neo-Cute in the Chai episode, you know, mm-hmm. which is that new idea of cute, which is kind of similar as well. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, and then, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of ugly, cute things out there in Japan. And, you know, I hope the I hope the culture c- continues to go strong. You know, I like ugly dogs. I like ugly cats. Yeah. You know, I like ugly, ugly, cute animals, ant eaters and. <laughs> uh what are the other ones uh platypus you know anything that's kind of weird so i'm yeah. for it i'm surprised the hairless cats haven't taken off more here uh, they're just too darn expensive i guess so yeah if you could get a hairless cat for cheap then i'm sure they'd be flying <laughs> off the shelves <laughs> my son and wife went to a cat cafe last week for one and a half hours and it was fifty dollars Wow! So, to show you how expensive for two people, so two two twenty five dollars each. Just show you that how must have been expensive. a nice one. <laughs> yeah, I was. I told them the same thing. I'm like, I've been before, and it's like seven hundred yen. I can stay all I want. Just pay for a drink. It was. It yeah. was a really nice one. Yeah. Oh, but okay. My point is, yeah, cats are crazy expensive. Yeah, pets are expensive. Yeah. Well, definitely. Song of the show. We gotta get there in a bit. Do you have one in mind, or are we gonna use chai? Oh man, we should probably use Chai because yeah. they have that Neo Kawaii right. sound. Um Yeah, I was trying to think of somebody else that, that kinda kinda fit this bill. Um Well the classic we can't, really. we can't do it because we're Japan two point is Kero Pamu Pamu, right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, I guess she was yeah, the poster she's, child for like a newer movement of that. Yeah. The tempura kids kinda have a little oh, bit yeah. of that aesthetic. They're still pretty cute though, you know, oh, like I mean Baby Metal. How can we forget baby metal? Ah, definitely, yeah. definitely. You know what? Let's do some baby metal. Yeah, baby, baby metal? metals. Yeah, yeah, it's great. That right. definitely fits the bill. Um, if you're not familiar with baby metal, which you should be because they're they're very famous. Uh, it's a couple of cute girls doing, uh, or three cute girls doing heavy metal music. That's right. They're not babies anymore. <laughs> but when they started, they were like, uh, I think 12, <laughs> they're like 14. There's a couple of them. Now they're like adults. They but still sing like babies. They're going strong. I really like this uh, very gen- generic answer, but there's a band called Bring Me the Horizon. It's a very popular like British rock band. And they recently, just last year, performed a song with Baby Metal. It was like, crazy to see them come together. Yeah. Um, great. Maybe that'll be our song. Okay. It's, it's a good one. That sounds good. Yes. Uh, yeah, until uh, till next time. Oh, we didn't do any of our housekeeping did we social media no yeah, well, I, yeah. I think just find we... us at japan 2.0 if you if you reach out to us we'll try to get back to you you know 
Um, I know everybody out there has been busy and the life's getting back to normal in some places and life's getting weirder in other places. But, um, you know, uh, just wishing everybody out there a safe and happy, happy summer. That's right. End of summer. You know? Yeah. Uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully I'm getting my vaccination, uh, next week. So, uh, if you're not vaccinated, I don't usually get political or anything, but I will say, you know, if you get your vaccine vaccinated, uh, go look up, uh, go, if you're worried about getting vaccinated, go look up, uh, some articles on it, you know, do your research. Uh, I think it's a good thing to do. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully once I'm, I'm a little more immune, uh, we could record a podcast again in the same, same room, David. That's right. Something to look forward to. We're close to it. Uh, (laughs) what comes after Delta in the Greek alphabet? Anyone know? Uh, Oh, Sigma? Is that, it's an E Sigma? I don't think so. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Anyway, hopefully there's no big Sigma or whatever the E (laughs) is after Delta. (laughs) Um, but yes, Matt and David should be together soon in the same room and hopefully live in life to have things to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it'll be good. You know, we'll make a big deal of it. We'll have like a anniversary episode or something. Reunion, a reunion special. Yeah, a reunion episode. Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah, talk about good. like being in the same space. So we forgot about each other. <laughs> <laughs> forgot how tall you were, David. That's right. Smell. We can't smell each other. Yeah, I forgot you haven't seen me with the long hair in person. Wow. You know, yeah, in person. I have the <laughs> the COVID thing. I look like the COVID hobo. We both do. I right know. Anyhow, uh, thanks for listening to this episode. As always, reach out to us. I have a challenge for Matt. You got to post more on Instagram, especially for the quiet cute, because uh, right. uh, there's a I'll lot of good vi- visuals we refer to, but uh, our bad pronunciation might. Uh, make it hard for people to look look them up so the pictures are worth a thousand words as they say uh so yeah yeah i'll try to let's, get i'll try to get some on there when we get ready for this episode let's post some good photos for the the people out there <laughs> <laughs> all right all right thanks for listening everyone yeah thanks see, see you next time.